This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. You've got questions. We've got all the answers when it comes to sex and more. This is the A to Z of sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Every week, we pick a series of topics that you've been wanting to know about. It's an encyclopedia of sex, intimacy, relationships, and so much more than that. Let's get things started. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I'm a sex and intimacy coach and a psychologist, and I have spent the last 30 plus years helping people to create and maintain meaningful relationships that have sizzling sex without the shame. On this show, we're working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Today, the letter is J, and J is for jumblefuck. Jumblefuck is a term that originated in the 1930s as slang for an orgy, but actually it's now used today to mean something very messy, and I prefer the original term. Now, I had a planned guest today who unfortunately didn't let me know till an hour before the show that she was unable to make the episode, but Alistair has jumped in to help me out, so it's not going to be just me, because I always find the conversation better than just one person. So, Alistair's joining me today. He's a dominant of the UK cruel leather family and a longtime member of the UK King community. He's also a hypnotherapist and a counselor working with GSRD clients. And I'll remind you guys that that's gender, sex, and relationship diversity. He's been in love with books and language since he was a small child and has had a lifelong fascination with how our language evolves and the etymology of words. Welcome to the show, Alistair. Hi, Laurie. So, I mean, that's perfect because what we want to talk about, use tonight to jump off is unusual sexual slang. So let's start with jumblefuck. <laughs> well, I immediately went to Google. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I looked up the word jumble, um, which is a word that uh, originated in the 1520s and it meant to move confusedly. Oh, or, interesting. Yeah. And, and it was perhaps coined on stumble or tumble. Um, so if you add that to fuck, what does that give you visually? Yeah, visually it gives me an orgy. <laughs> I mean, that works. Oh, that's great. Um, it's, so now jumblefuck, what's, you know, now we talk about it as, as a messy thing and it gets used more that way than for sex. But also similar clusterfuck. Yeah. Like when people talk about a clusterfuck, they don't talk about an orgy anymore. They're talking about um, a, a complete mess up and utter balls up. That's a clusterfuck. But originally, that was another term for orgy. Oh, that's interesting. I've never heard of it as that. So, yeah. And but, I'm, won- yeah. I'm wondering if that's because we just don't have as many orgies. What do you think? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> um Actually, I was looking back at jumble, and interestingly, again, in the 17th century, it was the word jumble itself was a euphemism for to have sex with. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so jumble has always had something to do with sex since yeah. the 1800s. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's really, really funny that it's, it's got come into that usage, really. Yeah, utterly consistent. Mm-hmm. I find some of these fascinating. So I was looking around to see what I could find. Um, now, this is one of my favorites. Make a coffee house out of your cunt. <laughs> Isn't that fa- 
So apparently, this is from when um, coffee houses were often friends for brothels. And ejaculating on a woman rather than in a woman was something that you only did to prostitutes. Mm-hmm. So make a coffee house out of your cunt was slang for pulling out and ejaculating on the person. I rather like that term. <laughs> I do too. I thought it was fab. It um, I, it's like so unusual. I thought it was absolutely wonderful. And I love the way that it's, um, it's got like two euphemisms in it, right? Because, but, but it says the word cunt. So the word cunt's okay to say. Mm-hmm. But it's not okay to talk about ejaculation and it's not okay to talk about prostitutes, right? <laughs> but we can say cunt. <laughs> right. Well, we're in England. We can say cunt. In America, you don't dare say cunt. Um, and I think Americans <laughs> Americans have a, don't have an understanding about how the word is used in England. In America, that's like the worst thing you can say about a woman to a woman. And it's a, a word that women avoid using still. In, in England, um, well, in the United Kingdom, it's completely different. It's a, it's, a, it's a commonly used term. I think it's also a, um, it's been reclaimed somewhat. For me, it's very much a word of power. Yeah. Um, so it's about reclaiming that word. And um, I, yeah, I, I don't see, it's actually my word of preference female genitalia is that word so yeah I don't like any of the other words for it I mean so we I mean in terms of swearing um I mean I like it I I always think it's um I like the sound of the word so I have I mean I write as well as obviously as well as doing this I do write and um and so words are when you write are, are definitely a thing um but I like to I like to hear what I've written. And so I like the sound of the word cunt. I like pussy, but I don't like pussy nearly as much for certain things because it sounds so different, right? It just feels like almost a different thing. But, um, it, you know, cunt can be used as slang here. If you, you I have a Scottish friend who always refers to people as we cunts. <laughs> you know? It's just like a term of endearment. And I mean, and an American would be like, oh, my God, what did that person just say? No, there it's a term in Glasgow. It's a term of endearment. And, and interestingly, it's another word that is it's really old. I mean, it, it goes back to 14th century Middle English yep. and even the older to the old Norse word kumta. So it's it, it's a word that's been around for a long, long time. So how it came to be a swear word uh, is quite interesting, really. Because it didn't start out that way, so. Right, so how did it start out? It, it started out as um, just a reference for female genitalia. That was right. exactly what it meant. Um, but it was the proper word rather than a, a slang or a... Right, a so you wouldn't be saying word. vagina or vulva, you would be saying cunt. Yes. And that was the proper word. Mm-hmm. Wow. And now it's slang. And now it's slang. <laughs> Typical. Um, so we are about four minutes from break. So I'm just going to throw one more out. To be a backgammon player. To oh, be a backgammon player means that you like anal sex. I've never heard that one before. I've got no idea why. 
Um, I thought that was a really amusing one. Um, I'm going to just um, type I'm it wondering in. If, if I've been telling people. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it, I, I, I like backgammon. <laughs> How do you become a good backgammon player is what comes up <laughs> when I read this straight when I go there. Um, so I don't say, I, if you just put it in Google, you won't find it easily. But if you put it in with sexual slang, you will. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know where it came from, but that is a, a veiled reference to anal sex. Cool. Do you want to play backgammon? Now, yeah. I can't tell you the number of times I've asked people that. <laughs> I, I had a... <laughs> I did have an ongoing backgammon championship going on with, with a friend at one point. <laughs> I had a master I used to play backgammon with. Um, we used yeah. to play for time. So when I won, I got control of time. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I had no idea I was, that's the reference I was using. He would have been thrilled to hear that, too. <laughs> so we're about two minutes from break. When we come back from break, we're just going to keep going with some of this. I've got a list of terms a mile long. So, um We'll have a few words from our sponsors. If you have some ideas, do email them in. Remember, you can email at lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.com um, and get through to me that way. So we'll be back in a couple of minutes after words from our sponsors. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlauribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And today the letter is J and J is for jumblefuck. And Alistair's joined me for this one. And this is part two. So um, my next word to bagpipe. 
if you bat if you're bagpiping, you're giving a blowjob. I love that because I think it's perfectly descriptive. It, it's very descriptive. I've never heard it before. You are opening my eyes to um, slang words these days. Yeah, no, I mean, there's so many of them. Um, I mean, I got this whole list um, from various different places. Somebody sent me a list of bits and pieces, which is how this show came to be. So one that I remember well, Tipping the Velvet, um, 17th century slang for French kissing. Yes, yes, I had heard that one, but only because it's, uh, you know, of books. <laughs> yes, but then, but then one wonders, I can't figure out where, how that one comes into being. Like, jumblefuck makes sense. Tipping the velvet does not. No, it's, it, it's very difficult to work out how that came to mean what... Um, yeah, I mean, I just don't, I don't see a... I don't see a connection. Um, okay, so Whistle in the Dark, that's 1960s for Cunnilingus. That I understand. That's quite evocative, actually, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. I like it. Um, oh, Dilly Pot. 1950s for Vagina. Dilly Pot. Dilly Pot. That's... Um... How do words like that exist? I mean, where do they come from? I don't know. I mean, do feel free to plug stuff in if, if, if you want to see if you find anything else on it. I am. Um, but, but yes, so, it, it is actually in the Urban Dictionary, and that's exactly what it means. But that's in, that's in the Urban Dictionary, but dilly pots are things that you use to um, catch crabs. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing that comes up. It's a crab, it's a crab and crayfish trap. Trap. That's it. That's what a dilly pot actually is. So, um, wow. <laughs> Apparently, it originated as a slang term for vagina in the 1930s. Yeah. Uh, but yes. I mean, oh my, how weird is that? Um, let's see. Oh, chavering, chavering. 1889, male prostitute, chavering. Rent boy. That's what, that's rent boy. I probably pronounced it wrong. Um, yeah. Well, they also say um, female prostitute, mid-19th century, related later to, to, to Charver. And, and so, oh, so related late, later to Chav. Oh. So that's how that goes, apparently. It starts um, as, as a prostitute, and it's British and Irish, mid 19th century and then it, when it moves down it ends up in the 90s as chav I, which is either a brash um loudish essex girl or ha having sex with i mean really <laughs> i'm still trying to find it i can't find it anywhere so um, they said the origin is uncertain. They um, uh, compare it earlier to something related to the verb uh, da, 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 Polari slang originally. Um, but that's 
that's for the later use of it, but the original, they don't know. So I thought that was an interesting one. That was fun. Um, what was the other one? Oh, yeah. So we've got Dilly Pop and then we've got Dilly Bob. <laughs> Dilly Bob. Dilly Bob's a clitoris. Which, a dealy bob is also a thread cone adapter for sewing. <laughs> it's also, um, do you remember back, oh gosh, I'm going back to the 80s now, um, those little um, headbands that you got with um, yep. uh, glittery things on them, basically, yep. bobbed around. They were called dealy bobbers. Yep, and, and that's because, and you know why that is, is because that it, it has often been used as thingamajig or who's a what's, the thing that you can't remember the name of. Uh-huh, yeah. So I think it's amusing that Daily Bob is also slang for clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> that thing you can't remember the name of. Oh, betwaddled. Betwaddled in the 18th century meant surprised. <laughs> Oh my God, there's just so much. Uh, so, if you'll be twaddled, what is a twaddle? Well, there's a twat in the middle of it, so I don't know. Well, <laughs> yes. I, you know, I, I'm not sure what that means, but it. it I would have thought it would be um, befuddled. Well, that um, would make more sense, yes. But it's but it's surprised. Um, and um, but it is from it is originally from the 1600s. Um, in the in the first instance instance, and in fact, then um, was feeling foggy headed or confused. Yes, and if you just take the word twaddle, it's uh, nonsensical, meaningless talk. So. Be twaddled, I guess, kind of fits with that. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit strange. All right, so um, uh, there's a more common one, the beast with two backs. That's from the 18th century. Um, th that was Shakespeare deemed that that was the collective noun for a woman and a man having sex. Yes. The beast with two backs. Now, that's a common one. I never liked it, though. It's complicated. No, and it's it somehow doesn't seem all the other words that we've used so far are lighthearted and fun, mm. and they yep. seem to evoke fun. Um, but the beast with two backs seems uh, quite dark in meaning in comparison, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Here's one to try. Burning shame. This one's from the 18th century, and it literally was when a candle was lit and stuck in the vagina. Basically using the vagina as a candelabra. Rather interesting way to do wax play. Well, it is rather an interesting way to do wax play. <laughs> oh, and depending on who's listening, we may be giving people ideas, which is always worrisome. Um, but um, just saying. I, I have actually seen wax play done in that way. So um, obviously they didn't know that it was called burning shame. <laughs> That's what it's called, burning shame. I think it's great. Um, it's a great image. Um, it, it kind of um, gives you some feeling of humiliation play as well with that yep. title. And uh, yes. <laughs> yep. So that's actually a known term. I was like, what? Really? Okay. Um, 
uh, another quite common one, but for, but an early one, giving a woman a green gown, 1390s. That was when you had sex in the grass, so you got grass stains on your gown. So quite literally. <laughs> yeah, so like, like you would say, roll in the hay, because uh-huh. people quite literally did that. That's where they went off to have sex. They snuck off. Um, into the barn and had sex in, in the hay because the hay was relatively soft compared to other places that they might sneak off to have sex in. But this was in the 1390s. So you you offer to give a green gown and that you were quite literally getting grass stains all over the gown by having sex in, in the grass. Yes, um, I'm just looking up and apparently Robert Herrick in 1674 used it as a symbolical meaning for the illicit loss of virginity. Oh, right. Well, that's interesting. You know, uh, well, that kind of makes sense because um, I imagine that a lot of young women who illicitly lost their virginity, I mean, what a phrase, um, young women who who lost their virginity um, prior to marriage, that would be something that happened in fields and grass. Mm -hmm. And and because you didn't have other places to go and people were not having sex in cars because there were no cars. (laughs) So where did you go if you wanted to have sex? with with somebody who wasn't your spouse well, you were going to be out in the out of doors weren't you for the most part that's wonderful i love it so that also means getting rid of your your virginity yes when you shouldn't have <laughs> right um make feet for children's stockings 1780s make feet for, for children's, children's stockings stock, making a baby You know, I, I guess having, saying having sex or, or, or eat, making love or anything like that was just not acceptable. So you were making feet for children's stockings. Yeah. Um, I suppose that you're going to end up with baby feet, aren't you? So. Right. Well, it's the idea. I mean, it's just, it's just a bizarre one. Uh, uh, this one, I, I'm going to leave this one till after the break because it's one of my favorites, but it's also got some other meanings. We'll talk about that. Here's one I like from the 1390s, the service of Venus. The service of Venus. Having sex is, the, is, is being in the service of Venus, the goddess of love and sex. So I wonder when Venus became synonymous with love and sex. Um, good question. Um, oh, you know, if you put that in, you end up with all sorts of astro- astrology. That's not what I want. You do. <laughs> um, so we are um, a couple of minutes from break. I mean, this one, I think we should see if we can find anything more about that in the break. Um, I mean, so it's, it's, it's it. Roman. She's Roman. Yeah. So, um she certainly, you know, she certainly always had an affinity for sex. It wasn't just love. So, and, and, and fertility as well. And fertility, <laughs> yep. Um, so, yes. And, oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. A lot of people saw it as more, you know, Botticelli and romantic love and all of that sort of things, but um, the ancients didn't see her as fluffy. 
she was feisty and um, pretty intense. So they compared her with Ishtar and, Ishtar and Inanna. And so, you know, a lady of blazing dominion. <laughs> you know, it's not exactly fluffy sex. No. Um, and I've got down here sexual reproduction and erotic desire, which yep. doesn't necessarily equate with love. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so all of the... Um, all of the aspects, which we usually don't pay attention to when people are, are, are describing it. We don't pay attention. Um, so we are about a minute from break. When we get back, um, we're going to pick up the next one. And um, the next one I want to talk about is the shaking of the sheets. So you, oh, will, a fantastic term. <laughs> I love that term. So um, we'll have some more of this when we get back with a word from our sponsors. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how, be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you ready to live to 100? Join Dr. Joe Casciani and his program that shows us that age is just a number. You can age with fresh and inspiring perspectives, whether it's staying physically fit or keeping mentally fit. With great stories, plenty of advice about successful aging, and brighter outlooks, you just might join those who are living to 100. The Living to 100 Club is broadcast live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We're on the pulse of the world with great shows and hosts. The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel is also on Twitter. We've got ideas to keep you healthy, breaking health news, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Voice AM Health. That's at Voice AM Health. This is the A to Z of sex, featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails, too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this week we are, Jay is for Jumblefuck, 
and Alistair is with me, and, and we've been going through all this really interesting slang, older slang for sex and sexual parts. Um, and before the break, I said I wanted to do the shaking of the sheets next because it's one of my favorites. It's a really interesting one. Um, so in the 1500s and 1600s, the way that they would use the term, it would be the shaking of the sheets in parentheses without music meant having sex. Because you would dance the shaking of the sheets, but that was a dance around death, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, we did a little bit of Googling in the break and um, came up with the, the macabre dance. Yep. Um, but uh, in the 17th century, it was, again, an expression for copulation. So Yeah. So it moved from being, so it started in the 13th century as, as a, it was a dance macabre and it was about, you know, getting rid of the fear of death. So you danced with her. And um, this was where it came from. And then anybody who knows Steel Ice Band, the song, um, The Shaking of the Sheiks was, was from the 16th century. Um, however, Bob Johnson mixed it with some of a country dance titled Black Joke. Um, and um, so the two of them, he put together and created the song um, that Steel I Stan, Steel I Stan, Steel I Span sang, which I love it. Um, it's a fabulous yeah. song. But again, that song is all about death and about how we will all eventually die. And yet then it becomes um, a euphemism for sex. And, and that's always interesting to me because there are lots of euphemisms for sex that have come about um, with the idea of the little death, orgasm being the little death rather than the big death because of how people experience orgasm, how intense it is and how mm. physically violent it is. That's a, a really interesting point, actually, yes. I was trying to work out how we got from the, the dance of death to sex. Um, but um, I was thinking along the lines of maybe um, shaking the sheets and getting rid of the possible bed bugs and things like that before you got into the sheets. Well, yeah, <laughs> probably, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of it. Um, yeah. You know, the, the little death, la petite mort. Um, yeah. for orgasm comes from the belief that when you had an orgasm, some of your life force disappeared. Um, and there's longstanding belief. And um, in case people don't know, there are still um, groups of people who practice, um, for example, um, semen retention of the belief that that will give you longer life if you don't actually come. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a whole school of thought, um, whole school of Tantra, but there's a whole school of thought um, before then. I'm, I don't want to butcher his name, so I'm just going to type it in so I can see if I can find. Um, oh, Montak Chia was the person that I, um, whose, whose work I read in the early 80s about the, the benefits of semen retention and why you would avoid um, ejaculation. And, and um, this is a practice that goes back 
thousands of years. I mean, this is not something new at all. And um, there's a whole thing around it having health benefits. Um, yes, I'm looking back to um, the Greco-Roman belief that over-secretion of bodily fluids would dry out one of the believed four humors and yep. lead to death. Yep. So, yeah. And so, um, you know, the, this, is, this is a common tantric sex practice now, and, and Taoist people, Montak Chia was one, you know, have been doing it for centuries. Um, and some, it, some people do it for spiritual or emotional growth. Others believe that it increases your fertility. Um, some believe that um, it increases your, your spiritual energy. Um, so it's, um, it's, it's interesting. So the, the benefits listed are increased sim- uh, stamina in the gym and the bedroom, muscle growth, improved sperm quality, thicker hair, and potential for multiple orgasms. The benefits mentally are considered to be reducing stress and anxiety, increasing motivation, which I find funny um, because that, it's, that suggests that when people have an orgasm, they no longer have any motivation. Um, higher confidence, better focus and concentration, and more self-control, and spiritually over, greater overall happiness, more meaningful relationships, and a stronger life force. But there's there's nothing negative about it. I mean, people talk about blue balls and all of that, but in fact, there isn't actually any medical evidence for any of this. Um, funnily enough, um, at a French dinner party, uh, La Petite Morte was, would also be a reference to drinking champagne. Oh, good. Um, and that was because the bubbly joy of filling your nose and, and your mouth was orgasmic. Like, was like orgasm. Yes. I love it. Oh, my God. Okay. That's fun. Um, wow. Sometimes these things, I just love words. I just love the way they come together. So then we've got um, from 1500 to 1510, play Nugga Nug. Play Nugga Nug. Yep. Who knows why? I love this one. Late 1600, shoot, twixt wind and water. Shoot, twixt wind and water. <laughs> Sounds pretty accurate. It does. It does. Or this one, um, ride below the crupper for anal sex from the 1570s. Um, and what the, the resource that, said this that I found said that the crupper's horse riding kit to keep the horse's tail erect. So that's why. Yeah, I'd never heard that one before. I'm just um, looking it up. And yes, it's um, the posterior of a horse, the hindquarters of horse. So anal sex. (laughs) Well, why not? Um, Let's see. Oh, dance the Paphian jig. 1650s. Um, that's in reference to Paphos on Cyprus, which is sacred to the cult of Aphrodite. So we're back to that. Well, you're going to like this one. Labor leather for having sex. Why? This was between 1500 and 1600. Based on how much work it takes to keep leather smooth and clean. There was an awful lot of leather uh, 
of labor that went into making leather and the tanning process and everything else. So yes, I wonder. So what was the actual meaning of it? Having sex. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yep. It was another, another euphemism for having sex. You were laboring leather. Wow. That's, yep. um, I, I'm not quite sure how people get to that one, but yeah. No, me either. Um, I rather like it though. <laughs> yeah, no, I do too. I thought that was a great one. Having your corn ground was from a woman's point of view, the idea of being pounded. Um, and so that was around 1800. Um, here's one that I, that, that I loved. Make butter with your tail in the 1590s <laughs> because of moving your bum round and round and round <laughs> like a churn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can this see that really one. It. Uh, this is a weird one. Grope for trout in a peculiar river. From the early 1600s. Well, that's really funny. When you start to type that into Google, as soon as you type in grope for trout, it comes up with the whole phrase. So it's obviously something that's Googled quite a bit. Because people are like, what the heck? Yes. It was apparently a joke used in Measure for Measure. Oh. Okay. Um, Or this one, the culbatizing exercise which is an ex- the exercise of putting something on a tail in the 16th century. Um, can I just go back to groping for trout? Yes, absolutely. Because um, the word peculiar in there I thought was rather odd. Um, and basically a peculiar was a, a word that was commonly in use in Shakespeare's time to describe a mistress. So it was basically about um, finding, yes, having sex with your mistress, but it particularly rather than. Rather than rather than yeah. a spouse. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. <laughs> In a peculiar place. Well, that's interesting because it's an interesting play on words. Wow. Yes, very much. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. Um, St. George is woman on top, cowgirl position. St. George. Why? I don't know. I have no idea. It makes no sense to me, but that's what it, that's what the, it said. So I'm not sure. Riding St. George, woman on top facing her partner. And it was, oh, it came from the joy of sex as well. So that actually goes back, but that's what it was called in the joy of sex. Um, And the joy of sex was, uh, 60s, wasn't it? 50s, 60s? I remember it on my parents' bookshelves. I remember seeing that. It was one of the first sex books I ever saw because it was on my parents' bookshelves. Yes, it was on my parents' bookshelves. <laughs> and I remember they had all the, the drawings in it, right? No pictures. They had drawings. So we're um, a couple minutes from break. When we come back in the last part, we've got a bunch more words to throw at you and look at some odd and unusual meetings. Again, don't forget, you can either call in or write in with your questions um, or comments. And you can have questions about anything. It doesn't matter whether it's this week's topic or just something else about sex and relationships. And we'll endeavor to answer. Um, so do give us a call or write in should the mood strike you and we'll be back after a word from our sponsors 
Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. We're on the pulse of the world with great shows and hosts. The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel is also on Twitter. We've got ideas to keep you healthy, breaking health news, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Voice AM Health. That's at Voice AM Health. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health and Wellness. This is the A to Z of Sex, featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey everybody, welcome back to the fourth part of J is for jumble fuck on the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and I've got the amazing Alistair with me. Um, he said during the break, you looked up um, some words and you found a bunch of slang for infidelity of which one was the trout <laughs> yes the groping for trout in a peculiar river was specifically about um having sex outside of marriage so it would be about infidelity um there's also carrying tackle <laughs> which is a man having in, an indiscreet affair was said to be carrying tackle in the 18th and 19th century oh gosh um I've got, I've got, um, did you have another one? I've got the war on two fronts, which <laughs> is, uh, if love is a battlefield, adultery can only, only complicate extramarital strategy. Uh, it actually became an American slang after World War II, but was sort of had a bit of a resurrection in the Monica Lewinsky scandal. <laughs> at that time. <laughs> I love it. So, I, I mean, I had some others, well... Um, making Whoopi from the 1920s is one of my favorites. Yeah. I love that one. Um, it's really interesting, isn't it, that um, most of these phrases actually make you smile. 
Yes. They, they're, they're fun things, um, which is why I said that The Beast with Two Backs just stood out as being one that doesn't feel like fun. <laughs> well, and there are some that don't. Like there's um, one, one bit of slang for vagina is feed the dumb glutton. And <laughs> I'm sorry, for sex is feed the dumb yeah. glutton. And the reason is because glutton was a slang word for, vag- for vagina. Blech. So feed the dumb glutton is like, I, and I I thought, that doesn't make me smile. I don't like that one. I think it possibly depends on how big your sexual appetite is. <laughs> True. <laughs> or I like this one, though. Wind someone's little ball of yarn for sex. And that one was one from the 1800s from Scotland. Um, horizontal. an awful lot of funny phrases, don't they? Yeah. Horizontal refreshment from the 1860s. Horizontal. I can see that one. Yes. Yep. Um, an 18th century word for dil- dildo. I love this. Gottaminch. There is actually a sex toy company called that. Well, that's why. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered where the word came from, but yes. It, it's, it means dildo. Um, mm. And I, I mean, the etymology on that one must be fun. Um, to lark means to fuck a woman's boobs. <laughs> um, oh, I like this one from the 1790s. To have sex is to engage in three to one and bound to lose. Uh, I'm at a loss as to know where that came from. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, here's one. Instead of using the word cunt, you call it a monosyllable. <laughs> 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 I'm going to go play with the monosyllable. I mean, really. Oh, I just found the origin of the word Godamish, which is that it was um, a Catalan word um, for a kind of leather made in Gadamas, um, which was made into dildos. Dildos were made out of leather, so... <laughs> Okay, so there's, there's where your leather dildos came from. I love it. Um, man trap was another word for vagina. <laughs> yeah. To strum is to have sex with a woman. Uh, what else was in there? That also became synonymous with masturbation, though, didn't it? So, it did. So, yeah. It did. A lobcock was a soft penis. <laughs> and twiddle diddles are testicles. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine talking to somebody using this language? That's the part I'm having trouble with. Because I keep <laughs> laughing. I now have a, a you, tweedledee gonna, and tweedledum in my head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not going to sound sexy telling somebody you want to play with their twiddle diddles. <laughs> I can't. I can't even. It just makes me laugh. But all uh, this language is very visual, isn't it? It, it brings up images in, in your head. I love it. Um, Contosaurus, that's a good one. Merkin. The dictionary says it's a female girlfriend who's constantly nagging and it's unbearable. And that's a Contosaurus, <laughs> yeah. 526 synonyms for the word cunt currently. 
at this point that I found. I have um, hiking the Appalachian Trail. Oh! Which is actually uh, attributed to a former South Carolina governor, Mark Sanford, um, who turned the legitimate test of endurance of hiking the Appalachian Trail into slang for sneaking away to meet his mistress because he disappeared in 2009 for nearly a week and no one had any idea where he'd gone to. Um, his spokesperson reported that he wasn't missing, he was only hiking the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> so it became synonymous with going to meet your mistress. Oh my, I love that. <laughs> the Appalachian Trail is big, so... Yeah. <laughs> I mean... It's, it, it's just big. Yeah. So, so the, the um, purse, 1538 for cunt. You know, you wouldn't want to lose your purse. Um, I suppose a thing of value, isn't it? Um, yes, absolutely. And, and has value inside it. So, you know, things of value inside. So, yes. So I like that one. Um, oh, that's rather nice. Chapel of Ease. <laughs> that's, I think that's a great one. 1600. So, that you, you know, your vagina is a sanctuary. So we are actually only a few minutes from closing. Um, I, I just really want to thank you so much, Alistair, for joining me. Um, if people want to find you, where can you be found? Uh, me, I can be found on FetLife. Uh, under the, the name Leather Heroth. Cool. Thank you. Um, thank you guys for joining me again this week. Next week, the letter is K. Um, and I'm, you'll find out what it's going to be when I figure out what it's going to be. I have three <laughs> choices, so I don't know what we're going to do yet. Um, if you haven't had the chance to pick up a copy of my book, Dancing the Edge, to Surrender, an Erotic Memoir of Trauma and Survival. Um, it is now also out as an audiobook, so you can get it on Audible. You can get it from me directly if you go to drlauriebethbisbee.press. You can get it as, as an ebook and a paperback and a hardback, um, paperback and ebook on Amazon, hardback, other places, but Amazon tends to be out of those. Um, also, if you are interested in joining me for one of our erotic fireside chats, do send an email to lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.com and I'll send you the link to the application. The next one is on the 24th of October, uh, American time. The Brits were starting late. We're starting at 1 a.m. British time. And that starts with a piece of erotica and then we'll do an activity. Um, you find out about the activity once you sign up. It's a lot of fun. And the best way to get information is to email me at lauriebethbisbee at drlauriebethbisbee.com. I look forward to seeing you all next week. Stay safe, but have fun. We hope you learned something today. But if you have more questions, go ahead and email them to lauriebeth at drlauriebethbisbee.com. Then be here next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of The A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on Voice America Health and Wellness. See you next week. <laughs>